J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. The J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm Johnny Radcliffe. I'm Jonathan Hobbs. And I'm John Chafee. Yeah. We have for you today an incredible interview. It's going to be divided up into two parts, but it's with a guy named Jim Hancock. And of course, like all of our presenters, all the people we've interviewed, he's going to drop some incredible nuggets of wisdom. Absolutely. But uh, John, what do you, Jonathan, what do you know about Jim Hancock. What was it like talking with him? Yeah, so Jim is actually uh, a little bit of a hero of mine in the youth ministry world. And uh, this is actually, I totally fanboyed on him (laughs) as I was talking. Um, And so much so that I had one question I really wanted to ask him. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was a a thing that we had talked about in a former episode about he is the person that I sat down with one time years ago. Uh I happened to see him at a, a retreat I was at. Um, and he was kind of chilling in the lounge area, or like in a cafe area. And he said the phrase, and I, I double-checked this with him before we interviewed. I was like, was that you? I was pretty sure that was you. But he said the phrase, um, you know what? My whole life I pressed for professional youth ministry. Like I really promoted professional youth ministry. But now that we've landed there, I'm not sure I like where we've landed. Yikes. And, and it's so good. Right. Like, wow. and, he, and he would love to take that apart. And that was the whole idea of this interview. I fanboyed it, and we went off on so many different rabbit trails. We never got to that. Oh, no. So right. he promised me that we are going to have another interview someday where I'm just going to ask that question. I would love um, to hear more I about know, because that. that is a really great question. But he actually shares a lot of really good stories. He talks about his time. Uh, with this part, he's going to talk about Edge TV, which I'm going to tell you about. <laughs> I have no idea. So, like, I, I, yeah. What the heck is that? Edge TV, the, the best way... I, so for for a while, uh, what was the company that they would send you like DVDs and it mostly had, had some like Bible study stuff on it, but it mostly had like music videos, Christian music videos on no, it. I have no clue. Insight. In, I think it was Netflix and chill. I, I don't think it, I think, I don't think it was, <laughs> no. but I've never understood. But anyway, anyway the, my, my point is there were other companies that kind of did the same thing, but Edge TV was basically video discussion starter. But it was the okay. first video discussion starter. Okay. And so it was maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes long. And it had like three or four. They were normally topically related. And sometimes they would go out on the street and they'd be like, oh, the word on the street. Hi. Wh- mm. what, what, what comes to mind when you think of forgiveness? Uh-huh. You know? But nowadays, if you actually just went and did that with your iPhone or, you know, people uh-huh. would be like, oh, that was so creative of you. Like, you could recreate Edge TV. You should go wow. right now onto YouTube, look at some Edge... Not right now, after this episode's done. Nah. Go onto YouTube right. and just look at... I think they have old Edge TV stuff on there. You could recreate it, and your youth group would be like, oh, you're so creative, because it really was creative what they were doing. So when I... When, when, I just totally fanboyed, because Edge TV is a big part of uh, my early... Your youth, generation. My youth ministry days. Uh, and it is funny. I actually, off the top of my head, made the makes the makes the jokes. Uh, I make the jokes. Uh, I made the joke about the over thirty five versus under thirty five. Uh-huh. And I actually realized in this room that is dead accurate. It is. It is right. dead accurate because I'm the only one here over thirty five. And I, I'm like, that's amazing. And you guys are like, I've never heard of this before, in my yeah. life. Yeah, um, <laughs> sounds wonderful. 
But um, yeah, he actually good, tells good a you. he tells a fun story of that he and uh, uh, one of our other former guests uh, named uh, Daryl Pearson. They did this camp. And uh, they made a movie mistake, uh, and, and they kind of explained what it was, but I thought it would be kind of funny. I, I know I've made a movie mistake, and mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if both of you guys have, but uh, I feel like that's just sort of something you do in youth ministry, is at least once you have to have a movie mistake. Uh, do you guys have... Uh, I have one. It's not specific to a movie, but okay. it was a Christmas party, and I put in tons of work. Like, this was... And it was it was probably my first one as a youth pastor too, uh-huh. and it was it was off the hook. I'm not gonna lie, but I uh, I played this one clip. It had happy, cheery Christmas music in the background, and it was just these like little uh, funny clips. You know what I mean? What are they called? Comics. That's what we call <laughs> comics. Nice. There we go. Right. Uh, so they were playing some comics, and I didn't look closely at it when I was screening it. And there were uh, two very suggestive comments Uh. in there. And uh, I missed it. And as soon as it came up, all the kids were like, yo, what? what?" And even my leaders were like, bro, really? Really? I turned so red. I was just like, oh, that's a party foul. I think that's a good one. First off, that is a good one. I had something close to that, but it was uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. We watched that one night, and I didn't realize it until we got to one scene. I was like, oh, we're just going to skip this chapter. And I hit next on the DVD before anybody else noticed. The rest of the movie is pretty fine, but there is one. I was like, oh, uh, so you got You got away with about it. about that one. You got away with it then. Yeah. Okay, not bad. I, I apparently am a slow learner because I have more than one story, but the one that I always go back to is, so my youth group, uh, my first youth group, they had this really cool... They, they were really like, they were like a family together. So mm-hmm. when it was someone's birthday, they would always go to the local TGI Fridays, mm-hmm. which was right next to the Regal Cinemas. Uh-huh. And we would all go see whatever movie they wanted to go see. And it, it wasn't a youth group activity. That was their birthday party, basically. Oh. Uh, they were all okay. each other's best friends so that we all did this together. And when someone would join the youth group, they would be invited. To the, like, it was really neat. It wasn't like clicky. It was really great. Well, I got incredibly um, convicted that I was just really okay with, oh, um, you, you guys, I really shouldn't see movies like Rated R or even really mm. PG-13 with you. I, I just don't think I should see that. And most youth directors around the country would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, duh. I'm not kidding. Like, there's something in my brain that's still like, well, I mean, like, I, I really have to fight it uh-huh. of like, you know, maybe it's not that bad or whatever. Uh, but I mean, I went and saw Gladiator with them. I was like, this was amazing. Right. Okay. Oh, wow. But, um, but so this one kid goes, well, the only thing that's underrated R is Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. And I'm like, well, we're not going to go see that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, everything else I want to see is rated R. And I was like, well, what is it? What, what do you want to see? We're, we're at the restaurant. And he goes, well, there's this movie called Any Given Sunday. And I'm like, well, what's it about? I'm like, football. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Let's go see it. All right. So I, because it's rated R, it's not even PG-13, it's R, mm-hmm. buy the tickets for my whole youth group. I mean, all, you know, all, all eight of us, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> Underage for an R movie? I did. Oh, every one of them. Oh, my and, What? Oh, yeah. They were not 17 or 16. Oh. Or I mean, they, I think it was his 16th birthday. Brutal. 
There were no. Alex. There were no. Oh, I was the adult. Signs. I was the adult. Yeah, there, there was were no, no red flags that went off in your. No, and even when it uh, said an Oliver Stone film, it didn't quite click in my head. It was awful. Really? I mean, like it was. It was so bad. There was full frontal male nudity. There was. It was everything that you don't want your youth group to see. Terrible language. Hmm. And I just was like, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't, I don't know how to say this. It wasn't so bad throughout that it was like, I knew we had to leave immediately. Right. It kind of crescendoed up to a big problem. I mean, I am just trying to cover eyes. There was at least like one eighth grade girl there, I think. I was like, no! Because again, we were a small, tight group. So yeah. the eighth grade girl was just one of us. You know, she was just one of the, oh my heavens, it was, that was one of the many I don't know how I didn't get fired stories. So That's amazing. Movies, wow. apparently movies are just, you should just avoid movies is what this is. But anyway, uh, Jim Hancock's going to tell you a fun movie story after introducing himself a little bit. He is an incredibly creative guy and will have you thinking. Uh, and uh, we actually have some really cool stuff to talk about after the interview. So mm-hmm. enjoy Mr. Jim Hancock. This is Jonathan Hobbs, and I am here with Jim Hancock. Uh, Jim, welcome to the J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. It is really exciting to have you on. Uh, What I would first love for you to do is introduce yourself to some of the people that might be listening that don't recognize your name or kind of recognize it, but they're not exactly sure why, Uh, or maybe just people that want to hear your sultry voice. Uh, Go ahead and tell them about you. Well, sir, I started uh, youth ministry uh, while I was still a kid, uh, working uh, among peers and then sort of sliding into my freshman year of college, still leading a small group of, uh, of high school kids and uh, all of the rest of that madness. Uh, about 18 months later, I had my first uh, sort of business card carrying position in a church uh, where I got $100 a month for creating an amateur night uh, uh, twice a week and all of the other weirdness I could come up with. Uh, And over time, moved in and out of work uh, as a professional youth worker and a volunteer youth worker uh, at a number of critical junctures in my life, um, all of which are way too much detail. Um, (laughs) I, I moved in and uh, into a a parachurch group, uh, but in that process, uh, right out of college, I found myself gravitating over and over and over again to, to working with, with teenagers. And I've considered that uh, my life's work and would have imagined that it would be my life's uh, vocation in terms of, uh, of job. Uh, but in fact, after about two decades in that space, working in churches large and small, uh, I jumped out uh, almost against my will uh, to work on a video project called Edge TV. Uh, so I um, was in that space for 28 episodes of, of Edge TV three times, uh, four times a year, and um, cut my teeth as a, as a filmmaker in that process. That's all. And, that, and that, that sound you hear right now is all of the youth leaders over 35 years old, just a, a giddy clapping fanboy. Like, oh, oh, it's TV. And then the other sound you heard was all the youth leaders under 35 years old having no idea what we're talking about whatsoever. No idea whatsoever. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yes, there was definitely a, a freshness date on that project. And um, at the uh, end of 1998, I became the artist formerly known as the Edge TV guy. 
and started the, the tiny company called me, uh, with which I've been engaged for the last you know, 19 years now, uh, creating resources for uh, youth workers and businesses and uh, teenagers and parents and uh, anybody who happens to uh, uh, ring my phone or, or, or make my, uh, my uh, mobile buzz and, and we come up with a way to win-win if we can. You, yeah, it took me a second to realize, like, the tiny company called me. I think the first time I saw it, I thought I thought it was like a typo or something. No, that's actually the name of the company is a tiny company called me. Uh, and, and so you do things like, like marketing, creative, media stuff. You help out really in any of those sort of areas, books, uh, book covers, design, all that kind of stuff. It's really, really neat. Now, um, one of the stories I'd love to, to – uh, you don't have to go into it too much, but um, a little while ago, I put out a book called Don't Do This with the Youth Cartel and Marco Stryker. And it was full of stories from youth directors around the country of just ways they epically failed. And Daryl Pearson told a story, and I didn't realize until after he submitted the story and it was published that the other youth director that is mentioned, I believe, is you. Uh, but he, I don't think he, I don't think he throws you under the bus. But it's something along the lines of uh, you guys ran a camp together and you like to show a movie halfway through and you guys uh you you showed it was a biking uh biking camp and there's a movie that a lot of people have never seen called oh I, i'm totally blanking not go the distance what's it called? breaking away is the name of that breaking. film and it sounds like a great youth camp name breaking away but apparently uh <laughs> the uh it, it wasn't so easy to uh, he realized a little too late that maybe that wasn't the most appropriate uh, movie to show and then he explained that he tried to edit it live like turning down the volume and whatnot and then they realized that it wasn't just the the audio that was inappropriate at times the video apparently turned out to be a, inappropriate and then he turned up the audio at the wrong time and the very inappropriate audio blared through <laughs> and anyway it's I laugh every time I read that story uh, but I just wanted you to know that Daryl didn't throw you under the bus. Uh, I guess I just did. <laughs> well, I, I, I would embellish that story just a little bit. Uh, uh, one of the ancient uh, youth ministry hacks back in the day of 16 millimeter films um, was that we at least would take that 16 millimeter film, take it over to a, a friend's place, put it on a double reel and <clears throat> crank it to the place where we knew there was a problem and trim that out, set it aside, take the movie to camp or to our Wednesday night or whatever that would be, show it, bring it back, and then splice the, the film back together. As far as I know, nobody was any the wiser until right now. Uh, but <laughs> um, getting a call. Yes, and in, in, in fairness, breaking away was not inappropriate in any way other than that there were a couple of spots for, where for a, a junior high slash middle school camp, it's a little strong language, right. a little salty. And uh, in, indeed, he 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 rehearsed over and over and over again, and and got over eager when it came to the point where he needed to um, do the equivalent of a bleep. Right? It was turned it, it was, uh, turned it down too soon, and then overcorrected and and turned it up too loud, so that when the when the kid cursed, 
He did it really at top volume. And it was right after a bunch of silence. So yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it it, it, it couldn't have been more delightful for the other volunteers in the room. And and, (laughs) and, 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 we uh, have no idea what the point of the camp was, what the rest of the messages were. That's the story that gets told thirty years later. Um, Well, that's uh, fantastic. well, let's keep going here. So Edge TV, for the people that, that don't know what it was, it was like, I don't even know, like it was, it was amazing discussion starters. You, you had the, the camera on the street and you were asking people, hey, what do you think uh, about this topic and that topic? How many, how many episodes was it, did you say? I was there for, 30, uh, for, for 28 episodes and they did 32 okay. uh, in total. Okay. So if you loved the last four, don't give don't thank me right right it's like aaron sorkin in west wing i just i just don't get any credit for the end our mission was to try to create a safe place to talk about unsafe things Um, and we chose the format of a video magazine uh, in order to to give short pieces which when we first started uh, short meant 12 to 14 minutes by the time we were reaching the end uh, it was three to five minutes and we were in this terrible quandary that people were saying, gosh, it's too expensive if the pieces are that short. And I was on the other side saying, it, it, if they're not that short, people can't use them. Um, right, so right. W- we've got to split the difference on this somehow. It's not the total running time of the tape. It's what youth workers can do with each of those bits. <clears throat> in, order f- in order to create a safe space, yeah. Um, somebody has to go first. And sometimes that's a person telling his or her own story uh, live in, in front of a group of mm. people, and whether that's a circle or an auditorium. Um, but just as certainly it can be somebody we'll never meet face to face whose story comes via some medium and, and we uh, and we share that story together across miles and even years. Right. Um, for me, it started with reading clips from magazines, uh, old Campus Life magazines back in you know 1972, yeah, reading that to a youth life. group. Um, escalated over time to the point that I was reading passages from C.S. Lewis from the Chronicles of Narnia and, and uh, bits and pieces from Walt Wongren's uh, uh, writings and um, using clips from, from films um, and eventually, right, as the, the uh, personal technology caught up, we were able to, to capture things and, and show them on videotape from, from television captures. They looked bad and they sounded bad, but, <laughs> you know, so does YouTube. Right. Right. We, right. we found our way around uh, the, the, the technological issues to the heart of the, the story. What matters is, do I believe the story? Am I moved by the story? All to the better if it looks good and sounds good. You've been putting out uh, actually a good amount of, uh, of material and content. Um, I saw something recently, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, Mark Iaconelli. Uh, Mark and I did a, a short film together, uh, just a, a storytelling film uh, that, that's called uh, Under the Moon and Stars, which is a lovely story from Mark's experience as a 13-year-old at, at summer camp and uh, being awakened in the middle of, of the night uh, by the camp counselor each of the boys in turn going out to, to, to just to visit with that guy and be sort of uh, commissioned to go and find God's plan for them. And, and they were up most all night thinking about that and praying about that. And 
Um, and, and it was a seminal moment in, in, in his life. So this little story is about three and a half minutes long and uh, designed to illustrate a talk or start conversation in a group and doesn't really you know, tie everything together other than uh, Mark saying, I've, I've never forgotten that. And it's, it has affected my life right up into my, my forties. I, um, I love that. Cause you can even do a leader's meeting, start that. I mean, I mean, just, it's so rich. It's so rich. It's so good. One thing I've noted about you really back from edge TV, but obviously still today, you're someone that does not mind. Um, I don't know if I want to say being in, but especially acknowledging the, the messy middle of things. Uh, like Edge TV didn't always have a lovely bow at the end of it, you know, and now they're all Christians. You know, some of those stories were like, you know what, this happened, things are better, but it's not resolved. I always really appreciated, and I think that's actually been ingrained in me now, that I almost more enjoy the the, 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 the unresolved, the, the mess in the middle, the really tricky things. That's still really, I think, a part of what you do. Yes, that's absolutely true. And for this very simple reason, if as a filmmaker or a storyteller or a Bible teacher, right, I put a bow on it, then there's nothing left for you to do as a youth worker. That's so good. And I learned that because I realized uh, over time that if as a youth worker leading a discussion or doing a Bible study or even speaking to kids, if I tied it all together, there was nothing left for them to do. Right, right. In my view, learning is far more important than teaching. There were air quotes around that. That's really good. Um, Because the spotlight, if the spotlight's on the the teacher um, and people are tested on what the teacher knows, well, that's interesting, but it's not fascinating. What's really fascinating is when the spotlight is on the learner and we find out what she knows, what she's learned, how, what her process has, has been like. The, the messy middle is the, is the part where we process and, and we argue with ourselves and we come into that space that Anne Lamott talks about when she says the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. Nice. If I already know, right, if I already know everything, then why are we getting together? Right, right. Yeah. Wow, that's good. That's so good. That, by the way, I think Anne Lamont gets quoted on our podcast more than possibly even scripture. Maybe we should up the the scripture count on this. We'll maybe we'll maybe end with some, like a quote from the Book of Luke or something. That'll be and scary. God created Anne Lamont. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, apparently, so do many of our guests. Um, uh, wow. So. Speaking of messy places, uh, one of the things that you came out with, um, I think co-authored, if I, is the uh, Helping Teens in Crisis. And you also have a new one that's in beta version that where it's teens helping equip teens to help teens. I think I'm saying this right. So um, I want to say early 2000s is when the Helping Teens in Crisis came out. Is that about right? That's about right. Yep. Uh, near the um, end of the 80s, Rich Van Pelt did a book called uh, Intensive Care that was the first uh, crisis intervention book that, that was oriented towards youth workers. It, it expired rather more quickly than he would have hoped. Um, a lot of folks used it and a lot of folks were helped by it. Uh, he was eager uh, to 
to keep it in print and the, and the publisher wasn't sure that the volume was there and blah, blah, blah. So we put our heads together, Rich having come uh, out of uh, Youth for Christ and Youth Guidance and doing a lot of work with incarcerated kids and troubled kids and, and engaging around um, uh, kids whose crisis was, uh, was systemic and chronic and, and carried them for years and, and frequently uh, his first meeting with them would be in lockup. On the other side of the coin, I was engaged with kids in suburbia who were relatively well off and who were also frequently in, in crisis. Same problems with, with different different substances, different issues, right? So uh, downtown kids are, are stealing 40s out of the convenience store and out in the suburbs, kids are, are stealing whiskey out of their dad's cabinet. My stuff was more congregational and more involved in school interventions and, and partnerships and, and those kinds of things. And, and we decided to put our heads together and see if we could um, build on what Rich had already done with intensive care and put our uh, different perspectives and experiences together and come up with something that would be um, fresh and useful to youth workers. So the teenagers, or I'm sorry, the Youth Workers Guide to Helping Teenagers in Crisis uh, came out in mid-2000s, followed two years later by the Parents' Guide to Helping Teenagers in Crisis, and then about two and a half years later, the uh, uh, Volunteers' Guide to Helping Youth Workers in Crisis, which is, they're all different things because each of those groups needs to know something a little bit different from the others. And you're correct right now, the uh, the Teenagers' Guide to Helping Friends in Crisis uh, is in, in beta and uh, sitting over at the tiny company called me.com for anybody to download and, and give me notes on if they want to. Uh, just like I left Edge TV after 28 episodes and get no blame or credit for what happened at the end. Uh, Rich, uh, a couple of years ago, retired from active youth ministry uh, because of his conviction they needed to uh, to dial in on his work with Compassion International for the uh, remaining years of his career. So, um, Rich doesn't get any blame for what I've done with uh, the, the, the Teenager's Guide to Helping Friends in Crisis. If you hate that, don't blame Rich. Very, very good. Okay, so we're back. And um, I, as I was even listening to that, I, I, I want to tell you. So Edge TV, you have to remember, this is before DVDs. You're getting VHS tapes in the mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's... Uh, before the internet, it's before all that stuff. It was it, anyway. I'm fanboying. I'm fanboying. I'm fanboying again. Magical uh, time. So I'm. Yeah, I feel like someone needs to take over the mic fast here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating. Um, See, you just talk about that era of your life, so and it all comes back. It's just so good. You know. Uh, so I, I I loved a lot of the stuff you talked about. Obviously, the the movie thing's funny, but I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a lot you can get out of that. Uh, but I mean, it is always unfortunate that your biggest mistake will probably always be remembered more than your best uh, success. It's possible. It's, it's yeah. really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but the, I also have found personally, I don't know about you guys, that God's actually used things I thought was a mistake in really cool ways. Hmm. So I, I can just oh, attest course. to it. But but like even ways where I was like, oh, I nailed that gospel presentation. Not a single kid came up talk to me afterwards. As far as I know, not a single kid. It was, it was interesting. Right. Then I went to like seminary and got really confused, and I tried to give the gospel message, and it was like I was confused if I was a Christian at the, <laughs> end, at the end of that gospel presentation. Sure. And I had two kids like, we need to talk to you about that. And I'm like, Ooh. I was like, you do? Are you sure? Because <laughs> I don't. I mean, it was so bad. I really. So even I was the same youth group actually as the uh, movie uh, theater debacle. So mm. who knows? Um, 
I loved his conversation about um, messy middle type stuff, which is a phrase that I've been using almost too much lately. But it's it's where I realize that I just I'm most comfortable. And also the con the idea of resolution, it's almost something you can choose to you, you should choose to avoid at times. Mm. So um, I don't know which one, which one you guys want to talk about first, but uh, those are the two things that I really really stand out. He had a quote that I just want to like re-quote to everyone. Mm-hmm. If you put a bow on it, there's nothing left for you, the youth worker, to do. It's just, yeah. it, it's kind of the whole mentality of it's not the destination, it's the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't that, yeah. isn't that beautiful? Yeah. The journey. Mm-hmm. But I, I found that true in my whole life too, is that sometimes my, my research of what, I'm talking about has been so hugely formative to me, the individual. Uh, so why would we rob our students of that constantly? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's the, and you know, you can go through a whole bunch of cliches, you know, it's not giving a man, it's fish, it's teaching Mm -hmm. how to fish, but it should cause us to reflect a little bit of Mm -hmm. what we're really trying to do. Are we, are we presenting a four course meal or are we having them help set the table? The process and and viewing it all like a marathon, like trying to have the long view in mind, is probably. I don't want to say it's the hardest thing to do, but it's. You have to be a certain type of strategic, and you also have to be okay with some things not being said that night. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes, as a youth worker, you might give us talk, you might try to want to say something. And you might try to pack as much as you can in in like a half hour, but you know what? It's okay. There's next week. There's next month. Sure. This is a long, long view of discipleship. Sure, sure. You really liked John. Uh, you really liked him when he talked about teaching versus learning, oh. which is very related to this. Right. Uh, so both of my parents are educators. So for them. The craft of being a teacher has less to do, which he says, less to do with being a good teacher and more about cultivating an environment for learning mm. and, and, and knowing how to relate to people in such a way that they are the ones learning, not just you're the one doing teaching. Mm. So what is the most important part of an evening? Is it you, the teacher, communicating well, or is it them engaging and learning with it? I think that's so big because it's hard. It's, it's kind because of you want hands. to you want to go home feeling hands. good. Uh-huh. However, what what I found actually because we we changed in our youth group of we have we have small groups afterward, uh, immediately afterward, and what we found is a lot of people that we've invited in as guest speakers mm-hmm. don't do a great job because they want to have resolution, and then there's uh. nothing for the students to talk about in small group. Like there's 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 no. So we actually, I, I think of everything musically. So I actually tell people like, think about like dun 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 dun. That's the end of your talk. <laughs> okay, like do not play that last note. Yeah. If you can, don't play the last two notes. But we want them going into small group, going. But we why why like we want that. Um, can I share with you what I usually do sure, sure, sure. when I give a lesson? So if any of my youth group kids are listening to this, they're gonna learn the tricks of my trade. If any of your youth group kids are listening to this, I'm impressed. I'm amazed. Yeah. But, That's uh, $5. Often, <laughs> I'll give like a lesson and then I'll talk for maybe 10 or 15, 20 at the most. I try not to do that. 
But then I, I kind of give some positions and then I try to figure out which side of the room likes this view A or view B. And then I change roles from being the person transmitting information to the audience to then becoming the moderator of the factions of students saying they like this way better or that way better. Mm. So then it becomes more about how do I shift from being a teacher into being the moderator of them engaging the topic for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I've always found that invigorating because I also like seeing them get heated about, no, I like this view of Imago Dei. No, I like (laughs) this view better. And it's so fun (laughs) watching them argue at 14 years old about their favorite definition of Of Imago Dei. Of God. Yeah, my youth group apparently of your is everyday really Latin behind. Yeah. phrases. You know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I I actually would even go so far in this yeah, to you, say, how, I, 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 if I can, teach? if I can say something. Well, I would actually, I was going to say something. I think that slightly controversial. Uh huh. Um, I actually think this is one of the big problems we have when it comes to um, when we've tried to make improvements in education in America. Which is oh. now now understand me please I I, I it's going to sound like I'm painting with a broad brush here and I and I and I don't mean to be I know there's nuances and I know that there are bad teachers and there are great teachers but mm-hmm. you know my mm-hmm. father was a teacher uh, so but I actually think that I was taught how to get to the answer how to get to the answer how to get to the answer right. okay. And I think a lot of some of the newer systems, like what my kids are doing in math, is very different than what I did in math. It is very, very different, actually. I, my daughter is in first grade, and I never did math the way she's doing it. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, again, we're not talking about multiplication. Mm. We're talking about addition and subtraction, and the way they're having her think about it yeah. is different than the way that they had me think about it. And it's funny because... There are jokes all the time about, oh, you know, like Asians do math better and like, oh, the, 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 the Asian continent did math better. Mm. What's hilarious is when America re- uh, adopted some of the practices of some of those systems, everyone's talking about how terrible we're teaching our kids <laughs> in math. And it's because they, we really don't understand that we are teaching my first grade daughter and her classmates uh-huh. how to think about There we go. Uh Math, how to think about numbers, how this actually works. And that is a completely different system than what I grew up on. From learning the answer. And I want to say that Mm -hmm. it's wrong because it's not what I'm used to. I'm used to like, no, hon, all you do is take that and you divide it by 18 and you have the answer. Right. Well, no, 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 no. What I need you to do is draw it out because (laughs) I want you to see exactly what's going on. And again, some of this stuff probably is wrong and weird in the same way that some of the stuff I learned was wrong and weird. But in the end, the goal is that we're trying to teach people to think, not how just get to the answer. And I think that's yeah. the revolution that needs to happen in ministry more and more. And because of the fact that I think it's going to happen, the people that went through youth ministry and it worked fine for them mm-hmm. 20 years ago are going to despise this type of youth ministry. Yeah. They're going to hate it. Like, why didn't you get to the end? Why didn't you tell them what the Bible says about this? You must be a terrible youth director. No, I'm trying to help them get to the answer <laughs> on their own. Right. You right. Know? But you see, that's, that's the intellectual lineage wow of going I, from i am enjoying the vocabulary of this <laughs> podcast from, so this but going awesome. going from socrates who would use the socratic method in asking questions in order to get that student to engage right 
the rabbis took up that tradition also. And the rabbis are far more about discussing the faith than coming to definitive positions about every minutia thing. And Jesus is in the rabbinical tradition. Right, right. He answered questions with another question. And so what does it say about us that we are uncomfortable with the tension? What does it mean for us when, I mean, how can we help youth discuss the faith more than just regurgitate mm-hmm. truths about the faith? Yeah. The I would even point out, so Jim Hancock was kind of a, a pioneer in this direction, uh-huh. in my personal opinion. Uh-huh. And I, when I said like, yeah, you didn't really let things resolve. Well, therefore, the only way he was able to market his stuff was as discussion starters, oh. the beginning of the talk, because That's all, the, all, was, the, all uh, the youth directors would want to then take it, and now, now I'll tell you, here's the answer. Like the youth directors uh, would, would still finish and put a bow on it at the right. end. And so I, I, I really appreciate that nowadays, at least more important, more and more people, I think, are realizing, you know, maybe a bow doesn't go on this. Yeah. And that's the messy middle when all of a sudden you realize, no, no, this is life. Um, and actually, mm-hmm. um, that might be a really good transition actually to end on this because it gets very sure. real about living in that messy middle in the next episode. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, and like so, and, uh, and it's very, very cool. But you should definitely check out Jim's uh, website. Um, actually, and I'm trying to remember if he mentions the, uh, if this is the episode or if it's the next episode, he mentions a, uh, thing by Mike Iaconelli that I just want to encourage you. That's something the a little tiny, just a few minute documentary with Mike Iaconelli that he did. I'm sorry, with Mark Iaconelli, mm-hmm. uh, Mike's son, that is an amazing discussion starter at your next leaders meeting. Uh, something just to keep mm-hmm. in mind there. So. All right, uh, so for now, I'm Jonathan Hobbs. I'm John Chafee. And I'm Johnny Radcliffe. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the J3 Youth Ministry Podcast.